This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. My name is Deborah Fitzgerald, and today I'm talking with Mike Orlock, who was recently named Door County's latest poet laureate. Welcome, Mike. Well, thank you for having me. So uh, Mike is actually in our studio. I think we've only had one other person in our studio, and that was recently over the past year. So you, this is a milestone, a new milestone for us. <laughs> uh, now, Mike is Door County's latest poet laureate, but he's certainly not new to writing. He has uh, written film reviews uh, for quite some time. Um, I would say almost two decades. It looks well, 13 like. years. 13 years. Yeah. And that was in Chicago for suburban newspapers in Chicago. He was a member, a uh, contributing member of the Chicago Film Critics Association. His short fiction has appeared in Tri-Quarterly, mm -hmm. which is a heavyweight literary journal of New Northwestern University, and in another Chicago magazine. He has twice been honored with Illinois Arts Council Awards for his short fiction. His poetry has appeared in many different places, including the Los Angeles Times and the Peninsula Pulse, which are very co-equal. I might say. <laughs> and in 2014, he won the Wisconsin Writers Association's Jade Ring Award in the free verse category. And in 2016, he won the Wisconsin Fellowship of Poets Muse Prize. He is a member of Door County's Unabridged Poetry Group and has released three books of poetry, the latest one this year. Uh, last year. Oh, actually, last right, year. Yeah. Okay. Last summer. All right. Well, again, welcome, Mike. And I understand that you were uh, at Novel Bay Bookstore signing your books? Yes. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Saturday afternoon. And uh, that was a nice experience. Uh, Novel Bay is a beautiful bookstore. I always encourage people to shop local if they can. And, mm -hmm. and that's one of those uh, little gems that's down there in Sturgeon Bay. Okay, so they uh, people came out to see uh, Door County's latest poet laureate. Well, there was some so traffic it, that went through. Okay, excellent. Yeah, so. Um, so tell me, were you surprised when you learned? About being named poet laureate? Yes. Yes, I was. Uh, I, I really didn't expect it. I got a call from Jared Santek, the, one of the directors over at Right on Door County, who gave me the news. Ironically, he happens to be a neighbor of mine. He lives down the block from where I do in Sturgeon Bay. Oh, so is that like Poet's Block or uh, something? I, I don't a, think we'd go that far, but uh, like the we wave at each other when, you know, when one of us is out cutting the grass. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he called and he told me that uh, I had been selected. And my first response was, uh, well, if they decide to reconsider, <laughs> I'll certainly understand. Uh, I always tease everybody that I live by Groucho Marx ethos that, you know, never belong to an organization that would have you as a member. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but they, he said, he assured me it was valid and I thanked him and it was kind of a humbling experience. Okay. Because uh, um, there are so many fine, fine poets yes, up here are. in this county and there are certainly a number of people who could fill this position as capably as I. So, All right. Well, tell me what it requires, what what, what you'll be doing in this position. Well, it's, it's basically an honorary position, but mm -hmm. they encourage uh, each of the past recipients has selected a project hmm. that uh, they tried to carry out over their two years. My 
predecessor, Nancy Rafal, who's from up here in Bailey's Harbor area, mm-hmm. uh, she sort of got shortchanged a little bit on her two-year term because of COVID. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, everything mm-hmm. kind of shut down, um, well, you know, last mm-hmm. March. And uh, so when her term concluded, we were still pretty much in a semi-lockdown. So mm-hmm. I know that she didn't necessarily get the full benefit of everything that she was doing. She's a great organized um, promoter of poetry and the arts up here. Mm -hmm. So she had some things that were going on. And um, others have, like Sharon Auberly, did poetry potlucks during her term. Mm. Uh, So there have been different little projects, and I've been encouraged to kind of figure out what I would like to do um, for the two years. And I'm thinking that really what I would like to do is to sort of like introduce uh, more poetry readings if possible, like down in the southern part of the county, down around Sturgeon Bay. Hmm. Currently, there's a great poetry program up at the UU in Ephraim, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, hosted by uh, Chuck and Estella Lauder. Okay. Estella is uh, another former poet laureate. And monthly, they bring in uh, a poet reader. Mm-hmm. and encourage an open mic afterwards and mm. uh, discussion and you know, a little hospitality and stuff like that. And it's a great program that they have. And I've been lucky enough to participate in that uh, over the past few years. And I'd love to see something like that perhaps happen down in Sturgeon Bay, maybe at the ADRC, which is the senior center, or at the library. Um, okay. Yeah. I did, a, I did a thing with Ralph Murray down in Sturgeon Bay, a couple summers ago that ended right around the time of COVID where we did a Bards and Brew thing at Starbucks. Oh, cool. Microbrewery where mm-hmm. we would meet once a month and whoever wanted to come in could come in and share what they'd written and share a beer with us. Okay. So, so promoting and sharing poetry around the peninsula in some way, that's what you'll be doing. Yeah, that's what years. I would like to do, I okay. think. Yeah. Um, so now your background as a writer, um, well, your career was as a high school teacher, right? right? As a high school teacher. Was it an English high school teacher? I taught English and for most of my career. And also for the last maybe 10 years or so of my career, I taught uh, in the social studies department as well. I was kind of like farmed out for a class, a team taught class called American Studies. That was huh. a lot of fun. Okay. And... Uh, the guy that I worked with originally when we put the course together left to go somewhere else. And uh, rather than look for a social studies teacher to replace him, they knew my background. They said, would you mind sliding over and we'll bring in an English teacher mm-hmm. that you know to work with you? And, and that was fine. That okay. was a great. And you retired and you and your wife, Liz, moved to Sturgeon Bay. What year was that? 2008. 2008. Okay. So then you did always do writing on the side, it sounds like. Um, Short fiction, poetry, reviews. Yeah, there's even an unpublished novel on some (laughs) shelf or in a drawer somewhere. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I I kept busy at that. But of Mm -hmm. course, when you're dealing with teaching classes and grading papers and things like that, you kind of set a lot of that stuff aside. Mm -hmm. It takes great discipline, I think, as you probably know, since I know you do some fiction writing yourself. Yeah, sure. uh, It sure does. sit down and actually do it. Yeah, especially Uh, if you're, if you have a job that has you in front of a computer, you know, writing or, you know, 
doing some kind of writing all day long, sure. So is it all poetry all the time now, or do you still do other types of writing? You know, I, I have pretty much devoted myself here to writing uh, poetry since 2008. Okay. Um, I did those, I did a series of letters that I guess you could almost call short fiction uh, it, during the last uh, presidential administration. Okay, that, and that, uh, the title of that book is Mr. President, exclamation right. mark, poetry, polemics, and fan mail from inside the divide. Right, so my conceit in that was that I was supposedly a big fan of the president, always <laughs> writing to, to share my you know opinions, glowing opinions and okay. ideas for him. Okay. And they were ridiculous in the same way like Stephen Colbert's, Colbert bear report was okay. on comedy central not that i have any of that type of talent of putting together you know comedy like that but so it's a book of satire yeah mostly. Satire. okay interesting um, and yeah. the other poetry collections um are uh, mostly free verse collections would you say or? um i tend to sometimes rhyme uh i enjoy always working within some of the more established uh in traditional forms but a lot of it's free verse too okay when do you decide that an idea would be better handled in poetry versus writing hmm that's a good question um usually it presents itself sometimes fairly early hmm. like this is a poem rather than say a piece of prose mm -hmm. um, and so i oftentimes will begin with a combination of words that are in the back of my mind and I kind of piece them together in a particular way. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of figure if something's more character driven or plot driven, it's going to become a story mm -hmm. as compared to a poem. But if something is sort of based around an idea or an emotion, then it kind of manifests itself as poetry. Okay. So do you start with an idea or do you start with a character or do you start with an image? Uh, it could be a little bit of any of it, but usually it's piecing together words. Um, I like piecing together different sounds of words mm -hmm. and seeing how they play out usually in my mind before I ever sit down to do them on paper. Okay. And uh, a lot of this comes in early morning hours when I wake up and I'm loafing around in bed, you know, waiting to actually get up and I'm thinking through things. And, you know, I'll have an idea that comes to mind. Okay. So Now, poetry, of course, the most immediate thing that most people are aware of is that it's shorter, generally speaking. Right. Um, so does it uh, require the same kind of discipline as when you sit down to write a short story? Well, I think writing a short story or, or writing a novel requires uh, a commitment of time mm -hmm. and discipline. I think poetry is a little more free form. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to think that poetry is probably the most democratic of the various writing forms because just about everybody, everybody that's probably out there who will listen to this has written a poem mm -hmm. at one time or another. Mm -hmm. If not for a class assignment, maybe, you know, to express... Uh, your love or, mm -hmm, or your mm -hmm. misery or whatever it might be sure. as you're growing up. Uh, and I think we all go through that. Not everybody's actually going to sit down and write poems and send them out to various venues for 
consideration or publication, mm-hmm. but they probably have written a poem. Not everybody likes reading poetry, though. Mm. So there are far more people who write poems than read poems, oh, which is one of the reasons why I don't think you're going to find too many poets that are living off their royalties. Yeah. So. Well, I've never really thought of that, that most people would feel more comfortable sitting, you know, penning a few lines of a poem and yet don't actually read poetry, but lots of people read short stories, but probably would never even venture to start a short story. Do you have a a specific routine that you keep when you're um, writing poetry? Um, Usually it is to write in the morning. Okay. I I do most of my writing of of poems, maybe from 7 o'clock to 8.30 in the morning. And uh, once I get something down, I I try to get it down completely. And then I'll come back and look at it Mm -hmm. the next day or the day after. And in fact, I continue to tinker with some of the stuff that I've done for weeks or months afterwards, you know, Mm. coming back to it and and changing the thing around. Uh, And then I'll sound off this Mm -hmm. poem against some of the people that writing group that I'm part of unabridged. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a great place to do that. Okay. You'll get uh, an idea of what's connecting as compared to what is missing Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. sounding it off with other poets, especially. Sure. Is it, does it function that group kind of like a workshop? Yeah. Kind of like a, a a workshop. Okay. It has that sort of feel to it, Mm -hmm. though we're not necessarily writing poems together and mass in a room. Sure. Uh, there are some of those types of events that come up through Write On. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be participating in one of those um, May 10th of this coming month. Okay. Um, it's a four-day event where you meet with other writers, mm-hmm. and there are prompts, and there are uh, different activities that you'll be doing. Okay. Uh, so how did you actually uh, break into poetry? Um, you had been writing uh reviews and short stories how did your journey into poetry begin well you know i like most teenagers i I wrote some poems when i was okay back at that age and you know falling in love Mm -hmm. or feeling miserable i would write a poem (laughs) uh and then i kind of set that aside and got into other things i i wrote some fiction and uh you know wrote a a novel that's uh packed away somewhere Mm -hmm. um and then i I entered into writing uh, about movies. Hmm. Uh, that was always a passion of mine from college on, and uh, an opportunity presented itself with a, a newspaper outfit in the western suburbs of Chicago mm-hmm. called the Reporter Progress Newspapers. Hmm. And so I wrote a weekly column for, for them, okay. and uh, I did that for about 13 years hmm. until the paper was sold. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, then downsized, and they kind of, you know, sold off parts and <laughs> scrapped yeah. some of it. And uh, so the paper doesn't really exist in the way that it did before. Sure, which is uh, a sad story for another time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. That, but that's the state of modern publishing, newspaper publishing at any rate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I retired in 2008, I came up, to Door County. Mm-hmm. Many of the people I retired with or knew back in the Chicago area where I taught school mm. thought I was a little crazy because everyone was heading to Florida <laughs> or Arizona or places mm-hmm. warm. And uh, my wife and I decided, no, we're going to go up north. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we came here to Door County. 
Mm-hmm. And we had been coming to Door County since 1983, uh, taking whole summers off in, in some instances to mm-hmm. just kind of laze around up here on the beaches and, mm-hmm. and, and catch the vibe of what was going on in the county. Okay. So it was a easy choice for us to, to come up here. And then it just became, where are we going to settle? You know, we looked up in Sister Bay. We looked in Nag Harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a seasonal cottage. Uh, over near Murphy Park in Egg Harbor. Okay. And uh, so the idea was, well, maybe we should have it made year-round. But ultimately, we found a house that we really liked a couple of blocks from downtown Sturgeon Bay, mm-hmm. and uh, we relocated there. Okay. And so I took a class through uh, a group that's down in Sturgeon Bay called Learning and Retirement. Mm. And it's a group that is uh, hosted by the uh, Northeast Technical College okay. in Sturgeon Bay. And one of the offerings that I took, one of the first ones I took, was a poetry writing class that was conducted by David Clowers, mm-hmm. who's a, a very good poet, lives down in Sturgeon Bay. And uh, I enjoyed it. I took a couple of other classes, mm-hmm. and I got a lot of encouragement. And uh, I, I found my first poem, one of the first poems I wrote, published in The Pulse, oh. when Henry Tim was the editor okay. uh, for that literary section sure. here at The Pulse. And uh, periodically I found myself appearing in the pages of The Pulse or on a, a website called Your Daily Poem, mm-hmm. which is posted out of North Carolina, I believe. Okay. Um, that was fun. That was successful. I had a couple of poems there that met with great great acclaim mm-hmm. um one of them ended up in a textbook that was published in europe oh uh, interesting yeah so <laughs> i was contacted and paid in pounds oh wow okay <laughs> that was one that was a cool type of thing you know sure uh and uh so yeah i just kind of continued doing it mm-hmm. and eventually i got so many poems mm-hmm. uh, saved on the memory of my laptop that uh, my wife said, why don't you put something together, you know, for a legacy hmm. item, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so I sent a couple, I gathered them together and sent off to some to publishers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the frustration I felt was that uh, regardless of the nice response you might get saying, you know, we, we enjoyed reading your work and uh, this seems like it could be something, but we have our publishing commitments in line right now for this year. Mm-hmm. So you feel free to submit again next year. Uh, I thought, well, I could probably die before any of yeah. this stuff ever gets out. <laughs> so I just decided to bite the bullet and do it myself. And, okay. Uh, David Clowers gave me the name of a publisher, Lulu, mm-hmm. that uh, helps you put together your book mm-hmm. um, and print it up. And uh, so that's what I did. Okay. And yeah. so the first one was what? Poetry Apocalypse? That was the second, second actually. One. The, okay, first so the first one was one? You Can Get Here From There, which was all my Door County poems. That, gotcha. And this, you know, this, you know this from living here. This county is great inspiration uh, mm-hmm. for writing any types of things that you might want to write. Okay. Well, uh, tell me a little bit about how would you characterize the uh, poetry that you write? The poetry I write tends to be, um, I like to think of it as somewhat topical, maybe with a little ironic twist. Okay. Um, I write about nature scenes. Uh, I think everybody up here does. Mm-hmm. But I'll also write about politics. Okay. Um, I will write about time and uh, wordplay. 
Okay. I, I, I'm big into that. I, I like putting together poems that are uh, like little puzzles, mm-hmm. little puzzles of words and sounds. Okay. So. And um, so we had a review in The Pulse, um, and it was done by uh, Thomas Davis, and this was for Poetry Apocalypse for your second mm-hmm. book of poems. And so he wrote... That you can write a sonnet or a free verse poem with the surety of Edna St. Vincent Millay or Carl Sandburg. Plus, your poems are really accessible. A high school junior can sit down with one and not have to puzzle out what Orlock is trying to achieve. On more than one occasion, he also accomplishes what Robert Frost advised poets to do. Begin a poem with delight and end it with wisdom. So what do you think about that not puzzling out uh what the poem has to say is that something that you strive for is it transparency or what what do you strive for (laughs) um i think part of that comes from uh my background in teaching poetry Mm. to high school juniors okay and uh seniors and i know that there's a frustration level when poems are maybe too obscure or when a poem has to be understood through footnoting or Mm -hmm. analysis. Um, Now, I can enjoy some of those poems. I mean, uh, I enjoy Ezra Pound and T.S. Eliot as maybe as much as other professors or teachers might. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I like to think that poems should make themselves somewhat evident in, in what they're trying to express so that whoever the reader might be, whether it's somebody like Tom Davis, who's mm-hmm. a wonderful poet mm-hmm. and uh, a great promoter of poetry down in the Sturgeon Bay area, or if it's a high school junior or maybe one of my granddaughters, they'd be able to read it and get an idea of what it is I'm trying to say. That's that's what I try to do. Okay, so maybe it comes, uh, the poem is transported by like a very well-known vehicle that everybody can kind of recognize, and yet the passengers and what it actually delivers might be a surprise. That sounds pretty good. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm glad that you talked about your high school, about teaching poetry and how that informs your writing as a poet, because this is one of the poems that I really like um, that you have done, and I'm going to read that um, if it doesn't make you feel too uncomfortable. Uh, No, it would be interesting, I think. Okay, so this is called Adventures in American Poetry 101. When my students needed him most, Walt Whitman was nowhere to be found. He'd resided for the longest time in the section on post-Civil War literature, tucked comfortably between selected poems of Emily Dickinson and three excerpts from the last vast literary canon of Mark Twain, carefully expurgated to reflect racial sensitivities in these troubled times. But when students were asked to turn to him for an example of vernacular free verse, all they found was space, empty as the American plains in those days, where Whitman, shaggy as any buffalo, roamed. Perhaps he'd tired of loafing and lazing his legacy away. After all, a man in his boots, so used to wandering, had to feel impatient that a new world so alive with song had relegated him to the silence of stuffy libraries and textbooks thick as headstones. There was grass out there to be contemplated and hawks aloft to admire. Still, when I directed my students to the designated page where together I intended to sing the body 
electric with them. 11th graders already juiced on cafeteria junk food. I never expected Whitman would have ditched my class, along with two chronic truants whom I hadn't seen in weeks. By abandoning the hollowed space that Hutton Mifflin Harcourt had reserved especially for him. Where's Whitman? I asked aloud in disbelief. What does one do when an American poet goes missing? Especially one as unpredictable and iconoclastic as Walt Whitman. To be honest, my students thought it was kind of cool that some long dead dude had booked for parts unknown and a text few of them had ever bothered to open. It became a game of where's Walto for the remainder of the period. Was he kicking it with the realists, chilling with the naturalists, or banging with the beats some 70 years down that long literary highway from home? In the end, it was Spacey Stacy, the daydreamer at the back of the first row, who found him just before the dismissal bell, hiding among the contemporaries. He was sitting on a stone wall, bathed in the gold light of a late afternoon, examining an apple Robert Frost had just tossed him from the second step of a ladder. Both looked so comfortable in the other's company, we left them there to their musings, and so as not to disturb them, quietly closed our books. So that is an example of a Mike Orlock poem. There's many more in his three <laughs> collections. I don't know if you wanted to say a little bit, uh, something about that poem in particular. When did you write that? Um, that was poem written probably about eight or nine years ago. Okay. And uh, when memories of teaching school were still fresh in my mind. Sure. Uh, and uh, it, it kind of came about from uh, uh, those experiences of trying to get students engaged and interested mm -hmm. in in reading not only somebody that was dead a long time mm -hmm. but somebody who wrote poetry sure uh, so it uh that was oftentimes a pretty good trick to try to pull off in a classroom of 30 students who oftentimes were juiced on junk food sure so okay uh, i think the funniest line the line that i've always enjoyed in that is the one what does one do when an American American poet goes missing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I thought, you know, the, the missing part there is like missing. You're, you're forgotten. Mm -hmm. you're, that could be missing. Sure. Uh, now Whitman's never going to be forgotten. I don't think. Yeah. There are still enough people out there who consider him a, a master of of the form and one of the more important figures in American literary history. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, there are so many of the others of yes. us out there right. uh, trying to do it and uh, get your voices heard. Mm -hmm. So, Well, I hope that people will be able to um, hear and see you someplace uh, around the county over the next couple of years as you um, bring poetry to people as Door County's Poet Laureate. Again, that's Mike Orlock. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.